Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday podcast with me, Dave Drimmy. In this podcast, I give you ideas, insights, information, and inspiration to help you achieve your potential in business and in life. So let's get stuck into this week's show. Hi, folks, this is Dave Drimmy from the Wealthy Wednesday podcast show. And today I'm really, really grateful to have an amazing gentleman called Ian McPherson on the show with us. Ian and I met during COVID, actually, and uh, he's a fabulous guy, and he's here to talk about cash flow because he's an expert in that area, really fabulous guy. So, Ian, welcome. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Dave. I hope you're well. Very, very good. Thank you very much. And listen, thanks very much for joining us. And um, we we met, uh, gosh, in the middle of COVID, and um, I think it was on as Zoom was gaining momentum. I've been on Zoom for, I don't know, about nine years now, but Zoom was gaining gaining momentum, and we met through a networking meeting, which is fascinating. So uh, where are you based, sir? I am based here in East Kilbride. Yeah, East Kilbride, yeah, that's where we were based from. Yeah. But I guess you uh, probably deal with uh, cash flow challenges with companies all across the UK, would that be fair to say? All across the UK, all across Europe and beyond, Dave, nowadays, uh, power of the internet, Zoom, world's a, world's a small place when it comes to getting paid. Wow, fascinating. So so how long have you been in this uh, arena of, of, of cash flow and helping business owners to, to succeed? Well, in, in Pune McLeod has been in existence for six years okay but my background just quickly has been in credit control and debt recovery on and off for near enough 30 years okay working for large corporations councils local authorities and you know laterally debt recovery so i've always had an interest a passion for getting paid on time whether it be my, my own business or helping other businesses to get paid fantastic listen that's really good to hear Ash. And with that length of uh, period i guess you've probably seen um You've seen everything in the game, I would imagine. Getting paid, not getting paid, and all the excuses that come with it, okay. Exactly, and I, I feel the frustrations for you know businesses wanting to get paid and also, you know, on the other side of the fence, struggling to maybe pay. You know, I, I can understand the struggles of cash flow, and I know what you know businesses are going through and how they manage and have to juggle who they pay at the end of the day. Absolutely. So uh, I think that old phrase, uh, cash is king, is truer today than any other time, would you say? Always has been, always will be. Yep, cash is king, without a doubt. Well, listen, sir. So what I want to do today is just have a have a quick conversation. I know you're a really, really busy guy, and, and clearly at this time it's, it's, it's challenging for a lot of people, but there are cash flow challenges in, in, in a good economy, and there are cash flow challenges in, in a downturn and recession. And as we're here in November 2022, just looking at the forecast for the next 26, 28 months looks a little bit daunting. What are the differences between a good economy and a bad economy, or are there not really any when we should just be doing the same same processes to recover money? I think what the difference is is it's the consequences of not getting paid. You know that that's that's what's changed drastically. You know, in a good economy, so to speak, you know you can you can get paid. Okay, uh, and you can you maybe have to wait for that as, we, as we're maybe going to discuss. But the big difference now is the consequences between getting paid and getting paid on time. You know, the, you know what, what can happen in between time can have a huge impact on your business. You know, with your suppliers being able to pay your employees, you know, cover your 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 own expenses. And that's the big difference. That that time scale now has really. Reduced, you know, every, everybody's struggling. Your your customers are struggling, so even you know, so you have to be very proactive now, more than you've ever been, 
to make sure that cash is coming in as quickly as possible. Wow. Well, I, I spent 20 years in constructions, uh, a quantity surveyor, and I've worked for in private practice, with main contractors, subcontractors. And during that time, um, you know, this was a long time ago, I'm 58 now, but um, basically all, all the way back then it was always about um, pay, pay the subcontractors and suppliers as late as possible. But I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a trend. I'm still involved in construction, but more on a consulting and coaching um, aspect to, in business growth coaching with, uh, with with my clients. And I'm seeing a, a trend of elongated payment terms. It's moved from, you know, 30 days to 60 days to 90, even longer in some cases. And in addition, there are new clauses being drawn up by main contractors' legal teams to push payment out even further. Are you seeing any of this kind of stuff yourself? Yes, we are seeing it. And I'd say that the big issue is that a lot of businesses aren't pushing back when they're agreeing payment terms. You know, they think that they, you know, we can manage those payment terms, we can agree to that, that fits into our business model. But because they don't understand their own cash flow within their own business, it soon becomes apparent that those payment terms do not work. And then they're caught between a rock and a hard place, you know. And because they've agreed to those payment terms, it's very hard to change. And you can put as much pressure on the supplier, you know. But at the end of the day, providing he's he's sticking to those payment terms, he's not going to change. He's not going to reduce his payment terms to suit you, you know. He's, He's negotiated the deal. To suit him, you know. So I think one of the big things that we've found is you need to have flexibility with your payment terms. No one shoe does not fit all. You have to decide what suppliers or what customers you can have on 60, 90 day payment terms and what ones you need on 7, 14, 30, 60. You know, you have to, and you have to know your cash flow. You know, you need to be able to, to, to look ahead and see how that's going to work. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a really valid point. And too often I'm seeing companies take a, a job just to fill a gap and they're not looking at the gross profit or anything like that. So they're just filling a gap, which which has a negative impact. But going back to the terms again, there's another friend of mine. In fact, it's a good reminder. I must, uh, must invite him on the show as well, because what he has, he's, he's, he's got a traffic light system um, where specifically he goes through the, the legal contracts that are put in front of his clients, whether it be suppliers, subcontractors, or smaller contractors, Red is don't touch it, get that taken out of the contract. Orange is, mm, it's a challenge. Is green is, listen, that's that's good to go. Um, but I think that falls uh, falls in place with what you've just been talking about, correct? Yes. It, I mean, I would say that all falls into place about knowing your customer. You know, it's getting all the, the fundamentals in place before you commit. You know, even if you take, you know, doing the fundamental credit checks, for instance, you know, knowing your customer you know, getting the terms and conditions right. And you're, you're quite right. It's, it's a box ticking. It's a traffic light system. Before you commit, is this the right contract? Is this the right deal for my business? And if it isn't, probably the most courageous thing is to walk away and say, no, this doesn't fit. Because if you, as you said earlier on, you know, that it can have a, a negative effect by, by committing to something just for the sake of wanting that business. And, you know, so it, it all starts before you even... <laughs> You know, start a job, put an invoice out. There's so many steps in place before, you know, that can affect cash flow. That's fascinating. So it's like, I'll go back to construction again, and this isn't just a a construction show, but um, in construction, even in the marketing side of things, I I do a a deep dive in marketing and go, right, who's your ideal client? So it's like like, um, doing a soil test on a piece of land before you build a house. 
because you have to do the soil test before you can determine the foundations you're going to put in place, whether that might be a, a strip foundation, a pile foundation, or, or a slab, for example. And then you can build the frame from there. So help me understand and, and, and help the folks here who are listening to, to this, uh, this podcast show. What process would you suggest that we utilize? Is there a framework that you've got to actually utilize from day one? There is, there is a framework. There is a, a basic framework that we would recommend every business has when it comes to getting paid. The very first thing is, as I alluded to there, is knowing your customer. Okay, before you before you even get to a collection process, you know, you need to have an onboarding process. So that starts with knowing your customer, you know, doing a credit check on them, checking, you know, for example, company's house, you know, checking what their payment history currently is. You know, are they slow payers? Have they got a record, a history of being a slow payer? Have they got a record of, of CCGs? You know, so that, that's warning signs right away. You know, you then allude to terms and conditions. What are the terms and conditions? Are they agreeable agreeable to them? Okay. Or are they forcing back? Are they trying to get you to come on to their payment? You know, so there's going to be negotiation there, you know, throughout. So these are all steps that are you have to have in place before you even get to the actual, you know, collection side of things. And, and all these things have to be ticked. They have to be agreed. They have to be agreed by the correct parties as well. because. You know, credit control and collection sometimes are looked on as a, the anti-sales department, you know, and we're not. We're actually trying to maximise sales. We're trying to maximise sales that you're going to get paid for, you know, and that's the difference. So when you're negotiating, you need to make sure you've got the right parties around the table, okay? And when you're agreeing payment terms, you're, you're agreeing payment terms with your opposite number who, who can make those payments. You're not agreeing that with a buyer or a seller. You know, there's, there's different parties involved, in getting an invoice paid. It's not just down to accounts payable and accounts receivables. Absolutely. I, I like that, um, the anti-sales mm-hmm. department. Yeah. That's a very, very good phrase oh. because that's the perception. And um, so what I found in my in my quantitative end career is that certainly when I was working with the main contractor, and it still happens today, basically what's happens, you get to an end of a job and a subcontractor suddenly comes up with an extra £20,000 of, <laughs> of variations they want paid on. And it's like... Yeah. I've already reported figures to the board. It's like if, if if suddenly people come in with an extra 20 grand right at the back end, what's that going to do? That's just going to cause an issue. And guess yeah. what? The likelihood of getting it paid at all, you're going to get it slashed. So um, anti-sales, I think the process throughout, it, it means to be keep the client informed of any additional costs so there's no battle at the end. Would, would that be fair yeah. to comment? Complete, completely right, and I have uh, had uh, the pleasure of having to discuss with quantity surveyors over the years about you know what has been agreed and not agreed. But it all comes down to communication. And as you say, you know, if you're a, a subcontractor and you're doing something beyond what was written down on the original, you have to make sure before you do that that it's authorised. Otherwise, you're leaving yourself wide open to it being disputed, not being paid, having to negotiate a settlement. And these are things that I've had experience of. You know, what was the process? The process wasn't followed. So you may have to take a hit here or we have to renegotiate or, you know, so again, it's back to, you know, making sure that in your term conditions, what is the process for getting the extras, you know, if it's done, you know what I mean, or authorised, you know. So, yeah. well, I think it's fascinating actually saying that because 
There are standard terms and conditions, particularly in construction, but I'm sure with every other industry as well, that create a win-win opportunity for both parties. But these are perverted by the legal teams of particularly main contractors into a uh, win-lose situation. And there's one clause that, that's been inserted, I think, over the last two, two years or so, where it says, if you do not uh, submit a priced variation within seven days, it will be treated as zero cost. Mm-hmm. But who actually reads the terms and conditions yep. when they're signing up to a hundred grand contract, a million pound contract? Yeah. Would you say that everybody reads uh, their terms and conditions or they just go, well, there's the money in the bank? Well, I would say <laughs> terms and conditions, we quote terms and conditions so often. Have you referred to terms and conditions as per terms and conditions? But you're quite right. I would say a large proportion do not. And I'm talking about suppliers as well as buyers. <laughs> you know, I mean, the number of, I mean, I'll give you a story, for example. You're, you're talking there, we had a, a client uh, who laid tiles, tiles for car showrooms. Yep. Okay. Uh, a lot, very, very well known car company, laying the tiles in the car showroom, went to get paid, and they said, no, we can't pay them. Why not? Because they used the wrong thickness of floor tiles, right? Well, what do you mean you can't pay us? Well, the, the term and condition specified a certain thickness of tile. Now, they had laid floor tiles in about half a dozen of these showrooms up to that point, and they had to rip every single one of them up. Wow. You know? wow. You know, because as you said, because as you quoted there, it, was a, it wasn't so much a win-win. <laughs> it was a win Loss, you know the the car. Well, that's not what we agreed to. But they never read the terms and conditions. You know, Gosh. you know. But again, that comes you know? back down to a framework and checking before going on site. Ah, uh-huh. exactly. You know, I've, I've on that vein, I've got a neighbour here who got some fencing put up, and um, and in the, I was trying to help solve it. Um, they got some gates and fence put in the wrong place. Now the fence was like. Uh, my neighbour is five foot nine, and she's got stables. And this fence, this gate was on a bank, and it was five foot in the air. How can you uh-huh. get a horse and yeah. rider down five foot to walk them up the? Yeah, I was like, and then the email as I was helping uh, my neighbour, um, basically, said, we assumed dot 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 dot, and. I simply got back in touch with and said, listen, it would be terrific if you can send just confirmation from from your client with actually what 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 was actually required to be done. Written confirmation is always best. If you can pop that over, it'd be great to have a little look. Yeah. Nothing yeah. nothing came yeah. back. So um yeah. Yeah. But you you touched on written terms and conditions here. I mean we have we have clients or I have had clients in the past we will look at their terms and conditions that they've passed over an invoice, for example, and we will say to them, do you want us to maybe you know, charge late payment interest, put charges on? And they'll say, can you do that? Well, it's in your terms and conditions. You say that's what you do. Oh, is it? So even, <laughs> you know, even the, you know, collections, you know, aren't aware of what's in their own terms and conditions. You know what I mean? So, it, it, and it's it's uh, one of my biggest frustrations, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, use the tools that are available to you, you know, in a positive way. But if you're not, if you don't know what's in your toolkit to start with, you know it's, it's going to be a struggle. You know, absolutely. I, I think it's um, commercial awareness is what it's all about, and knowing your own terms and conditions is absolutely crucial. 
On a slightly different tangent, I think as human beings, um, well, certainly this happened to me in the past. So I, I left the construction industry after 19 years, nearly 20 years as a quantity surveyor, started up a business outside of construction. And like everyone, I believed it was going to be great. But guess what? On the journey, it was slightly challenging, but we grew it to a million plus a year. We had a great team and all the rest of it. But guess what? On the way, there were major, major payment challenges. And then as I um, began consulting in the latter part, certainly um, five, six years ago, there was one client who never paid me. And I, I just used to lie awake at night thinking, what have I done? This is like, I've helped you grow from 300,000 to 900,000 in twelve under 12 months. And you've just chosen not to pay me. Now, it wasn't a huge amount. It was just short of five grand. But what actually happened was I lay awake going, what's going on here? But do you see that as kind of normal? We blame ourselves as business owners and, and you know, kind of stick our head in the sand a little? Or, or... No, de- definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, a, I use the word confrontation. I think that's part of the problem. People think asking to get paid is confrontational, you know, so they, they delay, you know, they think it'll be all right on the night, I'll leave it a week, I'll leave it a day and time marches on. And I think I go back to what I said earlier on, you have to be proactive, okay, you have to have these conversations in a positive way, you know, you know, it's, I, I talk about very much, if you're a, if you're a supplier, okay, your customer, your customer We'll have so many expectations from you, and it seems just the situation you described there. You've your customer had expectation from you. You're going to help their business. You're going to grow their business. You know you're going to put you know certain fundamentals in place to make them a better business from what they were from, from when you started. You have one expectation from them is that is to pay you on Correct. time, and you have to be very upfront about that at the beginning. You know, can I draw your attention to this? This is what we're going to do for you. Dave, I have one expectation from you is you pay me on time. You know, here's our terms. That's my expectation from you. You know, and be upfront about it, be positive about it, and always reinforce it through that journey. You know, I don't know if that was one invoice you had had paid or it was a culmination of a couple of invoices, but, you know, keep reinforcing, you know, that message, you know, and there are different ways you can be proactive about it as well. You know, if you're nervous, or you find having a, a conversation difficult about getting paid, disguise it as something else. Were you happy with the service scene? I was, Dave, blah, blah, blah. Listen, we've got an invoice. And, and get in that way and have the conversation about your invoice then. you know. So there's different ways of doing it, but as I, I keep coming back to proactive communication you know, and follow-up are so, so... Well, I think it's, it's uh, very, very valuable advice and... Um... It's uh, there's a whole story behind that one, which I'm not going to put out on social media. But um, let's just say there were some professional bodies that uh, that I brought in to investigate, and they just um, they were quite dismissive, which was which was a challenge, which which leaves the business owner exposed. Not just me, but other. If it's happened to me, it's happened to other business owners, which I'm which is why I'm so delighted you're on today because this is about the money being in 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 your bank account. If you're listening to this, this is the money about being in your bank account, not somebody else's bank account. It's about utilizing the money to grow your business, not to allow them to grow theirs. So, Ian, is is there a situation? I, I do a lot of um, 
you know, pro bono work and helping people to 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 really get a pathway forward in growing their business. But is this something whereby maybe there's some issues in getting paid? Is there something you, you'd be open? Is this something that you do with people? You 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 maybe sit with someone and and help kind of almost like coach them through the process, or or is there something else that you do? Yeah, most certainly. I mean, what I find is you just said a lot of business owners, a lot of businesses are thinking, what do I do mm. now? You know, they're looking at invoices, they haven't been paid, they're having maybe sleepless nights, as, as you described, and they're thinking, what do I do now? Where do I go? Who can I turn to? And if you're a, an entrepreneur, a business owner, there might not be somebody within your organization you can have that discussion with. So we're always available. We're always open to have a chat, to give a bit of advice and say, try this, try that. Okay, see if it works, come back. You know, but just to give you, you know, fundamentals, accountability as well, I think is key. You know, for, you know, why did it get to this situation? And we're not trying to, you know, apportion blame here, but we're trying to make you look at your process. Mm. How how did we get to this stage? Why have you got 60-day terms? Why is this six months and I'm still looking at this invoice thinking it's going to be paid? You know, I'm trying to get inside you as a business owner's head that every time you looked at that invoice, Every month it was late, you thought, it's going to get paid. It's going to get paid, <laughs> you know. And, and that's that's where we, we try to make, you know, our clients accountable, you know. And it's very easy to for us to to go and get you an invoice paid. Well, it's not very easy. <laughs> it can be challenging, but that's our aim is to get that invoice paid. But ultimately, it's to show you how to avoid late payment. You know, put the, the, put the fundamentals, put the steps in place. You might still need my help. But you might not need it as often, okay? And you might not need it, you know, uh, as late. You know, it's identifying the problems quicker. You know, that that's what we're ultimately trying to do. You know, fantastic. I, I think um, it's a bit like I'll go back to the construction industry again. It, it's measure twice, cut once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there's a process in place that you can help a client put it put in place, then it's a framework. It's like step one, step two, step three, etc. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, without a doubt. It's quite funny, you're saying measure twice, cut once. I, I just did some decking out the back, and a number of times I was told that, measure twice, cut once. Because I did uh, have a, a bit of wastage, but I, did, I soon learned, you know, I soon learned. But, uh, yeah, um, it's it's having that process in place, having that checklist, you know, have I did X, Y, Z? Have you sent out the invoice in time? Have you did the reminder? Have you, you know, and if you've did all, all that, then you have to admit and say, we have to escalate it. You know, but you have confidence knowing that you've followed your process, you've done as much as you can with as your organization allows, but we, you have an escalation step. And that's one of the biggest faults that businesses have is they have a collection process, but it doesn't have an escalation. It doesn't have an end process. So they just repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, and then you get to the situation where an invoice is six months past you, 12 months past you. You know, and I'm not saying they're not collectible, but they're a damn sight harder to collect than something that is 90 days, 120 days past you. Yeah, and I, um, I, I saw a post on LinkedIn which really shocked me. This this lady um, has not been paid by a main contractor for over 600 days, and she has just chosen to go legal. It's costing her 30, 40 grand to go legal, but she said, "I want to set a precedent and I want to win." And um, you know, I, I just find that's abhorrent. Yeah. Um, it, it's just horrific. But um, I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. A, a common phrase I keep hearing is, um, oh, yeah, but but if, but if I take action, like, 
legal action to try and get money back from people, they'll they'll never give me any work again. Yeah. And and, and my answer to that is, well, do you really want to work with them again if that's the case? You know, they're not just the first offender. No, but the reason they feel it that most of the time is because they've left it too late. You know, that conversation should have been, you know, I I talk about being proactive, you know, know, especially depending on on your business type and who your your customer base is. If you you think sort of the 80-20 scenario, you know, most businesses, 80% of their revenue will come 20% of their clients. And that 20% of the clients, that is the one you need to have that relationship with that you know what is going on in their business. Okay, you can have conversations about getting paid before those invoices are due. You know, you can be checking to make sure, you know, they have the invoice, something's correct. They're, they're the customers that are going to have a, a severe impact on your business if you're not paid, okay? So you do not want to, six years down the line, <laughs> you're quite right. Yeah, we do. how did it get to that stage? I mean, that, that's what comes to me, right? How did it get to that stage? But if, if they're a key customer, you know, within a you know a couple of days, if there's an issue with an invoice, because I'm, Dave, that invoice getting paid. I don't have the invoice. Problem. Get your copy invoice. There's no purchase order number on it. Get the purchase order. There's, it's the wrong price. Get it sorted. You don't wait. Don't wait until the invoice is past you, especially if it's one of your 20%. You don't wait till it's past you and start trying to sort the problem. Yeah, cash is, cash is like oxygen and, and profit is like nutrition. And, um, you know, I think what you've just shared with us there is really, really powerful. I really, really thank you for that. So so this framework that you mentioned, thank you. I, I know you're really, really busy, so I just want to uh, uh, allow you to, to crack on with the rest of your day. But this has been hugely, hugely valuable. Really appreciate it. So for, for clarity, you've got a framework, and uh, I'll, I'll ask for that in a wee second. But basically, what, what you've actually got um, to help people move forward for the next 26 months is just this step-by-step framework that you could send out to people. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. We call that our 15 ways, okay? And I'm happy to share it with anybody who, you know, who wants to contact myself. That's basically, I don't know if you can see that, Dave. It's 15 ways. Okay, 15 ways to get your invoice paid on time. And some of the stuff we've spoke about earlier, but there are other steps in there about, you know, following up, you know, being proactive, you know, having a, you know, having an escalation step. You know, and that escalation step can, can be whatever it, it needs to be to suit your business and your client base. But there is, there is information in there, things that are going to jog your memory, things that are going to provoke you know, thought and say, we don't have that, we should have that. So I'm happy to share that with anybody that wants to, you know, contact yourself or myself, you know, all that. Fantastic. I'm, I'm actually going to ask you for your details in a second, but before we do that, when it comes down to you're a business, businessman as well, and uh, getting paid clearly is important to you, how, how does that work in in, in um, what you actually do on a database? So say, for example, I had £10,000 I'm, I'm due by a client how do, how do you create a, a profit for your own business as well? What, what's the win-win situation you've, you, you've got? Yeah, we, we've got two two different ways uh, that we work with businesses, okay? We, we have one is on a retainer basis where you're outsourcing your part of your credit control, your collections point of view uh, process, okay? Uh, and we normally do that by, by giving hours, you know, so many hours per month, okay, depending on the size of your business, we'll dictate how many hours you need, and we will charge a monthly fee for that. If you talk about the debt recovery side, okay, that works on a no collection, no fee basis, okay, so we will charge a percentage, 
on anything we collect. And this goes back to the sooner you identify, you know, what is potential a, a bad debt, the lower that commission rate would be. Okay, so the longer it is, the higher the commission rate. So you go back to this win-win situation. Okay, if you identify it quicker, there's more likely we're going to recover it for you and the commission is going to be lower for you as well. Okay, so that that's how, how that works. Fantastic. To me, it's beneficial, and uh, with with my clients, really, what what I'm emphasising now is to to help them become leaner. Sometimes you don't need full time employees, and you know, employees a lot of the time work about sixty percent of the time if you're lucky. So outsourcing is actually a much more cost effective way to lower fixed costs, and it makes the business leaner as well because. You know, somebody, if you're putting in 10 hours a month for me or another client, for example, you're giving 10 hours a month. Yeah. And what you're also doing is you're implementing those aspects of the one, two, three, four, five to 15 framework yeah. to make sure that ongoing, the issues are not going to be there and uh, and, and the business yeah. can actually move forward. Yeah, yeah exactly right. You know, and, and especially in construction as well, you, I hear so many businesses have what they call the office manager. And my hat goes off to office managers because they're trying to juggle so many plates, yeah. okay, and dealing with, you know, getting paid, which while I believe should be one of the most important plates, sometimes goes down the pecking order. Okay, So we can take that, as you say, 10 hours a month away from them and allows them to focus better and what they enjoy doing most, okay, maybe the order processing, maybe dealing with the staff, it maybe dealing with timesheets, it maybe whatever it may be, marketing. But we can take that that ten hours. We can deal with the late payment, you know, the invoicing, the getting paid, and it allows them to to concentrate and you know avoid those sleepless nights that we alluded to earlier on. Oof, yeah, <laughs> they are horrible. Yeah. My goodness. So. Um... So listen, Ian, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. This has been fascinating. And and folks, if you're, if you're listening today and, and this makes sense, then what we'll do is we'll actually pop the, the 15 steps in the show notes. But I think it's really well worth uh, while getting actually in touch with Ian. And that's I-A-I-N, isn't it? Uh, is it Ian? Um, is- so, Ian, if, if anybody listening today um, actually wants to get in touch with you, what what are the best ways to get in touch with you directly? Best way is first and foremost probably through LinkedIn. Okay, Ian McPherson, as you say, but Ian with two eyes, or email Ian at hewittmcleod.com. That's probably the two quickest and best ways to, to contact me. So, just to clarify that again, there's on LinkedIn is I A I N, and is McPherson M A C or M C M C M C M C P H E R S O N M C P H E R S O N. Perfect. And again, I A I N. Your email address is I A I N at at hewittmcleod.com. Okay, so that's Hewitt, H-E-W-I-T-T-M-C-L-E-O-D.com. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Ian, listen, now, have you got um, maybe one last tip? You, you've shared so much today, but one last tip that you might be able to, to share with myself and um, the, the people who are listening today. The one, and I think I've probably said it you know, during the course of the, the, the chat today, but be proactive. You have to be proactive. That that is my my one tip. Don't wait. You know, there's so much pressure. You need to get to the front of the queue when it comes to getting paid. Because we're best well in the world. Your customers are also managing cash flow. You know, and it's uh, 
he who shouts loudest, you know, will get paid first, you know, in a lot of instances. So you need to be up there. Fantastic. And just out of curiosity, so I know I'm extending this a little bit, but we mentioned construction, but what other industries do you actually deal with? We deal with a, a whole range of different industries from solicitors, accountants, marketing. What else have we got? We've got fashion, fashion as well. That's mainly in, that's mainly in Europe, you know, boutiques all over Italy, Spain, Portugal. We deal with a client who supplies them. Uh, we deal with printing. We deal with uh, engineering yeah, as well. So it's, it's a broad, a broad, broad range. You know, it's a broad, broad range of different sectors. You know. Well, thank you very much for that. And I suspect you're going to get even busier through people listening uh, to this show today, but also just the way the, the cycle of industry is, uh, is at the moment. We're about to go into a a move from autumn into winter in terms of economic uh, cycles. So, um, you know, wish you luck with that. Thank you so much. It's been fascinating. And folks, listen, get in touch with Ian um, McPherson here. Um, if you just want to find a pathway through any cash flow challenges, um, that's I-A-I-N at Hewitt-H-E-W-I-T-T-M-C-L-E-O-D.com or Ian McPherson, I-A-I-N McPherson, M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N on LinkedIn. Is that correct, Ian? That's correct, Dave. Thanks for the opportunity. And it's been lovely chatting with you this morning. Oh, listen, I've learned so much. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. And um, listen, folks, that's um, coming to the end of another Wealthy Wednesday podcast. I hope you found it of, of use and benefit. Cash flow is king. We all know that. But be proactive, be communicative, and guys, ask for your money continually. Hope this has been helpful. Take care. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Wednesday podcast with me, Dave Drimmy. Check the show notes below for further details on this week's episode, including links to resources mentioned in the show. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you'll find us on Apple, Spotify, and all good podcast apps. See you next week.